So may these words of mine now be in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's an immense privilege for me to preach at Remembrance Sunday. Remembrance Sunday is a day that means a great amount to me. As some of you know, for 23 years, I was an army chaplain. For 17 of those years, I served with frontline infantry units. And so today, like many of you, I come full of memories. I remember a young infantry corporal. I played rugby with him. He lost both his legs in an IRA RPG attack. I remember a fellow chaplain who suffered from the most horrendous post-traumatic stress because he had helped to retrieve 23 women and children mutilated and mangled from a cellar in Bosnia. I remember seven fusiliers with whom I served who were killed in a blue-on-blue friendly fire attack in the first Iraq war. And I remember my three years as chaplain at the Royal Military Academy in Sandhurst. I remember the countless officer cadets that after service came to lunch with Larissa and myself. And I wonder now what they were doing when they were in Iraq and now in Afghanistan. I come full of memories. And for many years I thought that was all that was happening on Remembrance Sunday. I was a man now in my 60s with memories. A man who had gone in his youth to be a soldier. But these memories I increasingly felt were not shared by the great British public. How wrong I was. Remembrance Day is better observed. The poppy is more widely worn now than it has been perhaps any time in the last 50 years. And the reason for that you can put in one simple devastating word. Afghanistan. That bloody, far-off and frankly unwinnable conflict. Afghanistan has changed the attitude and the perception of the British public towards the armed forces. No longer are the armed forces, as they were for most of my service, out of sight, out of mind, largely ignored and forgotten. Now, quite rightly, the bravery and the professionalism of the armed forces of our country are recognised and saluted. And I think that is why the homecoming parades have been such a success. Why thousands of people line the streets to welcome home military personnel as they return from service, formerly in Iraq, now in Afghanistan. And that is why I think the quiet dignity of what used to take place in Wooten Bassett touched the hearts of our country and quite rightly 
resulted in their being given the title of Royal Wooten Bassett. So Remembrance Sunday has changed. Now it rightly matters to many, many more people. But in one sense, you know, Remembrance Sunday is exactly as it always was. For Remembrance Sunday is the day when each of us should face a simple and stark reality. That freedom is not free. Freedom comes at a cost. Let me fairly quickly this morning just share with you two examples of the sacrifice, the cost of the freedom that you enjoy this morning. It's a thrill to see the Air Training Corps here this morning. Just let me say that in June of this year, Her Majesty the Queen unveiled a memorial to the air crew of Bomber Command. A few statistics. Of the 125,000 air crew who served in Bomber Command between 1939 and 1945, of the 125,000, 55,000 were killed and a further 18,000 were injured or taken prisoner, a casualty rate of some 60%. When you took to the air in Bomber Command, you had a 1 in 20 chance of being killed on that op. The air crew did a mission of 30 ops. Just imagine, night after night, taking to the air, knowing that you could face flak, there could be an accident, and there were the relentless, prowling night fighters. Yet take to the air, night after night, they did. This is exceptional courage. Most other armed forces have horrendous and terrible but brief encounters, followed by long periods of inactivity. The air crew of Bomber Command took to their planes night after night after night. We owe them an immense debt of gratitude. Let me give you a second example. In 1944, the Japanese were pushing to come into India. They were opposed by Allied forces at a small place called Kohima. The Battle of Kohima lasted for 10 weeks, and at one phase of the battle, 1,500 Allied troops held Kohima Ridge. They were surrounded by 10 times the number of Japanese soldiers, 15,000. Yet, despite heavy loss of life and the most appalling conditions, hold that ridge they did. And now, 
At Kohima, there stands a simple memorial to their sacrifice and to their bravery. Even if you know nothing of Kohima, you almost certainly will have heard these words. The Kohima epitaph. When you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrows we gave our today. You see, we need to sharpen the question. Freedom is not free. It always comes at a cost. These men and these women gave their tomorrows for our today. And so we need to ask, is our way of life, our British values, our British standards, still worth defending? Is it still worth fighting for? Is it still worth, if necessary, dying for? Now this is no just rhetorical question. This is a real question. For as 9-11 showed in America and 7-7 in this country, there are people in the world and in our own country who detest our way of life and want to replace it with another. They will use any method. They will use suicide bombs to maim men, women and children in an attempt to get their way. So let's ask again. Is our British way of life, our values and standards, worth defending, fighting and dying for? I'm no fool. Our country is not perfect. But there is no other country in the world in which I would rather live. I say without the least embarrassment, I am immensely proud to be British. I do believe that our values, our standards and our way of life are worth defending, are worth fighting and are worth dying for. And today... I am proud to be able to stand here and take part in an act of thanksgiving and remembrance for the men and the women who paid and who are still paying the supreme sacrifice so that you can live in freedom. And it's right that we do so here in church. It's right that we do so in the presence of God. Why? Because our God came to live in our midst. Because our God knows us from the inside out. Our God knows our joys and our sorrows. Our God experienced the agony and the pain of betrayal of desertion and of crucifixion. Our God knows our life from the inside out, up close and personal. Our God is not a distant God. Our God is one who shared and shares our humanity. And so today, in the presence of this God, who will make sure 
that man's inhumanity to man does not have the last word, we come to remember those who gave their lives in order that we might live in freedom. It's in the presence of this God who never gives up on us, who loves each one of us, whose son is the prince of peace and who one day will banish war. It is in the presence of this God that with thanksgiving and with pride, I invite you today to remember those who gave their lives so that we can be free. Amen.